Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. Are you ready for the word of God? Come on, are you ready for the word of God? So we've been looking at ideas of multiplication. Then we looked at three types of people that we have in the world. Number one, the poor. Number two, the rich. And number three, the wealthy. And then we looked at Isaac, who was a wealthy fellow. He began to be prosperous. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. In other words, he became wealthy, isn't it? And we started looking at how Isaac implemented the idea that God gave him for him to become wealthy. Number one, according to Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 to 22, number one, he was obedient. Do you remember? He was obedient to the idea. He submitted himself to the idea. Number two, he refused to be limited by the circumstances. There was famine, but he refused to be limited by the prevailing circumstances. Number three, he stabilized his marriage. That's why we are going to Machakos. We are going to stabilize our marriages. Because we know that if we spend 10,000 shillings and go to Machakos and talk about our issues, we'll come back when our marriages are strong. And that will provide a solid foundation for us to experience multiplication in our lives. Can I hear a louder amen in the house? Then, I want to continue from there and give you number four, number five, and number, number six. Number four, Isaac was persistent. Isaac was persistent. He did not give up easily. He was persistent. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at our generation today and I'm beginning to be a little bit worried. And the reason why I'm worried is because uh, a lot of people lack perseverance. They are not possessing this very important quality called persistence. And the reason is because of how advanced we have become. I mean, if you want to go to the fifth floor, you use either a lift or escalator. If you want to warm your food, you take the food, put on the plate, put it in the microwave, and in two minutes, your food is ready. Now we have cars. We have um, aeroplanes. I mean, a place that can take you five hours takes you 45 minutes. And things are now very, very first. Anything you need, you get it quick. You can even get a husband for hire. You can get a wife for hire just to impress or to try and paint a certain picture. You can actually hire somebody and go for them for dinner to lie to your partners that you are married and they are available. You can call, you know, to have something dropped at your doorsteps. True or not true? Somebody say global. I mean, everything is very fast. And everything is very quick. And you see, 
we think that that is how things should be. But you see, life is still life. Even if technology has really advanced, there are things that take time. And so I'm so worried that I see a lot of people in our generation who are not persistent. They give up so easily. I've pastored for a while, and I can remember Christians who even gave up on God. When they were hurt, they were part of the church, they were hurt, they gave up on God. When they, when they were praying for a job and the job delayed, you know, nothing was coming through for them. They gave up on God. They were, you know, with a business, and the business went down because of COVID, and they gave up on God. A lot of Christians backslid, you know, post-COVID. They backslid because things were not working for them. Some, because they got married and the child is not coming for, they have waited and waited and waited. They give up and the marriage breaks and they, they go separate ways. You know, my, my, my best couple, they, they divorced because they were waiting for a child and the child was not coming through, so they divorced. And the wife went and got a child to prove a point. <laughs> Uh, she said, you see, you are blaming me, but look at how fertile I am. It's a very sad thing that we see in our generation. All sisters giving up on God because marriage has delayed. I've been in church, I've been serving, I've been giving, and no marriage. I think I need to help God. And they give up on God. A lot of people who have experienced delayed. I'm a pastor and I know what I'm talking about. I have seen that they get to a place where they just give up. They lack persistence. Ladies and gentlemen, we need persistence if we are going to implement the idea that God has given unto us. Look at suicide cases the way they are on the rise, especially among men, because men are the breadwinners. The man is the one that goes out there to fend for the family. And when he goes to the marketplace, repeatedly and he keeps failing most of them give up and the only way out is suicide very very sad isn't it in fact yesterday i remember one of the delegates came to see me and he told me i've just received a message from my cousin that you know her cousin i, I just received a message from my wife that her cousin has just passed on so i asked oh was he sick he said no he just committed suicide yesterday at the end of the, one of the sessions. Because people are giving up so easily. When they hit a wall, they give up very, very easily. Couples giving up on their marriage. People abandoning this, their sick relatives in hospitals. You take somebody there and you keep treating. They are not improving. They are just eating your money. You decide to abandon that person. Your brother or your sister or your relative. Pastors. Who used to preach to members, don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Give me a G. Mm. I came to tell somebody. They even changed the accent. I came to tell somebody. Don't give up. Touch your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't give up. Look at another neighbor who looks like he's about to give up. Tell him, don't give up. The same pastors who used to preach 
and sweat and jump and roll and prophesy and make declarations. They are giving up on ministry. Closing their churches. Telling members, we, this thing is not working. We are going to do other things. Same, same pastors that were encouraging people. High number of dropouts from school is on the rise today. Why? Because people are lacking the quality of persistence. And they look at you and they tell you, you, you don't know what I'm going through. If you went through what I'm going through, you could have also given. But they don't know your story. If you give them your story, they will realize what they went through is child's play. You know, one time somebody came and told me, you know, you pastor, there's nothing, you have not gone through anything. What have you survived? <laughs> he asked me, what have you survived? What have you gone through that was so hard in your ministry? Hmm? You, 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 God has babied you. <laughs> That's what they think. They think the people who have not given up is like they have never gone through anything tough. Look, if I was to give up, we would not have been here today. All that I've gone through, me, I've gone through a lot of things. I've gone through gossip, I've survived. I've gone through being maligned, I've survived. I've gone through being mistaken. I've survived. In fact, there is a time somebody sent me a link. Somebody did a story of another pastor. And the terrible things that the pastor did. And then he put my picture there. When you didn't see it. Oh, you saw it. Yes. A story of another pastor. A terrible story. And then it is my picture that was there. And some people are calling me and say, hey. Can we pray for you? <laughs> Our church was demolished when I was in the office. And it was brought down without any explanation from the local government. Brought down. We lost a lot of, we lost property worth 4 million shillings. I never gave up. I'm still here. I'm still preaching. One of my sons, when the structure was brought down, he told me, Give me give me these metal bars I keep for you so that when you move and you are ready, I will bring them so that you can construct whatever you want to construct. Up to today, I've never seen them. He's still bringing them. And he left the church. Stole metals worth four million shillings. From the church. I am still preaching. Some of my pastors left me. And tried to corrupt others, other pastors to turn against me. I'm still here. I'm still preaching. So if you tell me what have you survived. It's because you don't know my story. You, you don't know me. You don't, you don't understand who I am. You don't know my story. If I can sit down and share with you my story. You will be surprised. You don't know how many ladies have offered, given me a free offer. They have spread their legs before me and say, man of God, the door is open. 
And when the door is open, no one can shut. Then you ask me, what have you survived? Please come so that I can give you my story. And you realize that it is persistence that keeps me going. No matter what I face, I am focused on the goal. I know that God has called me. I know what God has said about this ministry. And I'm going to stay on it until it comes to pass. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not give in to pressure. I will preach. Slap your neighbor and ask them, what have you survived? Because sometimes life can be tough. Sometimes the unexpected can happen. Sometimes you'll encounter opposition that delays the fulfillment of your desire. What will keep you going is persistence. My own brother, blood brother, that I raised in this ministry, trained him how to preach, laid hands on him, called him a reverend. He also left me. Then you are saying, what have you survived? I'm here because of persistence. I know God has called me. I know where I'm going. The vision is so clear ahead of me. I'll keep driving the bus. I wish I had a witness in this house. I will keep pushing until I see the vision come to pass. Oh, yes. Ask your neighbor one more time, what have you survived? Because people are giving up. People are giving up. People are killing themselves. People are saying, I can't take this anymore. I'm tired. I'm giving up. I'm letting go. I'm throwing in the towel. I can't do this anymore. I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't serve. I can't be a wife anymore. I can't be a husband anymore. I can't be a parent anymore. And they're giving up. And maybe you came to this service and you're planning to give up. Hear this preacher this morning. Don't give up. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm preaching. I say, hear this preacher this morning. Don't you dare give up. God never promised us that life will be easy. He only promised us that he will be with us. Through thick and thin, he will be with you. When you go through a dark space in your life, he will be with you. When things are not working, he will be with you. That is all he said, but he never promised you that things will be easy. Tell your neighbor, I'm not giving up. <clears throat> so God gives Isaac an idea. But Isaac encounters opposition. Serious opposition. Serious opposition, I'm telling God says, stay here. But where he stays, he encounters men of Jirah. And they are against the idea that God has given unto him. It could have been easy for this guy to give up. But I'm glad he persisted. And pushed through every form of opposition. Until the idea that God had given him became a reality. Genesis chapter 26 verse 15. Look at Isaac. Remember we are still on Genesis chapter 26. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells. They clogged the wells which his father 
had built. Now the Philistines had dug, rather. He, now, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. Verse 16. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. This is opposition. The same place that God tells him to stay. He didn't tell him that he will face opposition. He didn't tell him that the men of Gerald will resist you. They will oppose you. God just told him, please stay in Egypt. Don't move. Because God will not give you the entire picture. When he was telling the Israelites that I'm taking you from Egypt so that I may give you your own land. He didn't tell them in the middle here you'll be thirsty. In the middle here sometimes you'll be angry and, and, and hungry. Angry and hungry. He didn't tell them that you're going to face harsh conditions in the wilderness. He just told them, look, I'm taking you out so that I may do what? I may take you in. He tells Isaac, stay here. But he didn't tell him, you're going to face opposition. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. For you are much mightier than we. Verse 17. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Jerah. And he dwelt there. Next verse. And Isaac dug again the wells. Look at the persistence of this guy. The king has told you leave. His people have decided to frustrate your efforts of digging wells. But he's still digging. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Next verse. Ah, also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. Next verse. But the herdsmen, are you reading with me? But the herdsmen of Gerald, they did what? They quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, the water is ours. You let me go through the vigorous work of digging the well. When the water springs out, you come and say it is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac. Because they quarreled with him. Next verse. Then they dug another well. And they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there. And dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said for now. The Lord has made room for us. And we shall be fruitful in the land. What if he gave up? What if he quit? He could not have seen the idea that God gave him come to fruition. The reason why many things have not been activated in your life is because you don't have persistence. You give up easily. Before you get to Rehoboth, you have to go through a series of opposition. You have to overcome hurdles. You have to overcome obstacles. You have to persist through trials and temptations for you to go to, to get to Rehoboth. Where now there is room for you. And that's why I told you some things will not come easy. Some things will not be delivered at your doorstep by a drone or escalator. You have to be persistent. You have to fight through. You must say that I'm not going to give up on my dream until this dream comes to pass. 
I'm not going to give up on this idea until this idea comes to pass. I have faced opposition. People have, you know, withstood me. I've been challenged left, right, and center. But I still have the idea. It is smoldering in my chest. I still have the vision. I can see it. It is so real. It is within reach. It is so tangible in my spirit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to give in to the pressure and the opposition around my life. I will press through, through persistence, until I see that idea come to pass. Who am I preaching to in this house? Look at your neighbor and tell them I'm not giving up. Every spirit of giving up, we cast it out of your life in the name of Jesus. This is the, the year 2024. You will not give up on your idea. You will not give up on your dream. Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm not giving up on my idea. Oh, I want you to know that opposition will come. I want you to know that Abimelech will tell you, move out of this place. The men of Jira will come and possess what you're trying to build. But you have to put your foot on the ground and say, God told me to stay here. God told me to implement my idea here. I will not move. I will not be shaken. I will not give in. I will not give up until I see the idea come to pass. Tell your neighbor one more time, I will not quit. Tell another one, I will not give up. This year I prophesy, we are not giving up on our ideas. Oh, who am I prophesying to in this house? I say this year I prophesy, we are not giving up on our dream. No amount of opposition will put us down. Whatever God has said we do, we are going to accomplish it in Jesus' name. This year we are not giving up on this building. Oh, this building will go up in the name of Jesus. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Can I get a louder amen in this house? We will not give up in Jesus' name. And so you have to arm yourself with persistence. If he gave up, if he gave up, he could not have reached here where he says, now... God has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Hallelujah. Look, before you even go to the court, fight for that marriage. It's getting very quiet. Fight for it. Go and tell your wife, you, you will not leave me. Oh, yes. Tell her, if you leave me, you will die. Tell your husband, you're not leaving me. I packed my bags, said bye to my father, to my mother, to my relatives, to everybody. I have no portion there. My portion is with you. Where you go, where you lodge, your people, where you die. And you might die before me. This generation needs stamina. 
I say this generation needs stamina. You can't keep on changing jobs because you don't like your boss. You know, I employed a guy here one time and he came to work. Then I started hearing comments. Some people were saying, oh, this guy, he doesn't smile. I didn't bring him here to smile. I brought him here to work. My engagement with him is not smiling. My engagement with him is working. Because if I bring, here, if I bring him here and he smiles all day and he doesn't work, we shall have a problem. But if he comes here and he has a six o'clock face and at the end of the day he has delivered, for me that is the most important thing. Oh, I don't like the boss. The way he looks at me, I think he's casting spells. Did you go there to look at his face? Did you go there so that his face can be comely to you? You went there on a mission. You go and work. And the Bible tells me no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Nobody can send a spell your way until you allow it. Oh, I don't like, I don't like this environment. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like this. These days, I don't feel like going to church. You can't live on feelings. What is wrong with you? You can't live with, on feelings. Oh, today I feel like I love you. Oh, tomorrow, my feelings have gone. You can't live on feelings. You must be persistent. When you have a conviction about something, you must be persistent. Because there will be moments when you feel low. There will be moments when you feel discouraged. There will be moments when you will feel like not doing it. But because we have persistence inside of us, we'll push through. Tell you never be persistent. I feel a stirring in my spirit. I feel like I need to raise radical men and women here who will pursue the idea whether they have a mood for it or not. What matters is the conviction in your spirit. Number five. He worked the idea. He worked the idea. So it's not just enough to get excited. Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. I'll be a millionaire. I have an idea. I'm telling you I'll be a billionaire by December. I have an idea. I'll have a car by December. I have an idea. I'm telling you I'll be moving from a two-bedroom to the three-bedroom. If you don't work it, you'll still be in that one-bedroom. If you don't work the idea, your life will never change. So it's not just enough for you to say you have an idea. You must work it. Tell your neighbor you must work it. You see, one of the points I told you that Isaac was romantic. Very romantic. He showed endearment to his wife. But look, he didn't do that 24-7. Because some of you who are young, and in experience in love, you are thinking, I just get a man, I get a woman, we shall just be showing endearment to each other the whole day, the whole night, loving each other, kissing each other. At seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven. Hey, look, 
If you do that, you will be poor. You will be very, very poor. You can't eat love. But they have realized after a romantic expedition, hunger strikes. Only the legions understand what I've just said. So you can't just say we'll be loving each other the whole day, hugging each other the whole day. You know, some, some people think, you know, they, they will be clinging on each other. Have you seen the way the baby monkey clings on the monkey, monkey mother? So that is the idea they have of love. We should just be clinging on each other the whole day. The guy cannot work. You are clinging on him. The woman cannot work. You are clinging on her. Let me tell you, assuredly I say unto thee, thou shalt be poor. There is time for endearment and there is time to work the idea. I say there is time for caressing one another but there is also time to work. The same hand that touches a soft skin is the same hand that should hold a djembe and dig the ground. Slap your neighbor and tell them, dig the ground. But you just want your hand to be touching soft skin. You apply lotion to prepare for touch. 24-7. You even mix lotions. I'm told they are now mixed with glycerin. To make your hand very slippery. So that when your hand is sliding... Somebody slips into ecstasy. Look, that hand also needs to be rough. So that you can hold a djembe and go and do some digging. So this man worked the idea. Can I show you a scripture? Are you okay, guys? My preaching today is a bit radical. Are you okay? Are you breathing? Ask your neighbor, are you breathing? Are you okay? Verse 12. Then Isaac sowed. Look at that. He did what? He sowed in the land. That means he had the idea. But he had to translate that idea practically. He took seeds, he dug the ground, and he started sowing in the land. And the Bible said, after sowing, he ripped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So he sowed. That means he went to the ground, dug the ground. And you remember that the ground was hard because it had not rained. The ground was hard. He dug the ground. Ish. I love this preaching. After showing Lavidavis to his wife, Another, another verse we read, it says, another translation, it says, he was fondling with his wife, caressing. After doing all those things, he took a gem and said, honey, there is time for everything. And I'm going to dig another ground. I have dug this ground. Now I'm digging another ground. Ask your neighbor, why are you only digging one ground? That is where you have specialized. That's where you want to stay 
you dig other grounds and sow your seeds, you are only sowing a seed on a particular place. You are a wicked man. Get up. Get out of the house. Go and dig somewhere else. Sow your seed somewhere else. He worked with his hands. Dug. Look at the men we have in our generation today. They want to be kept by women. That's why you don't want to marry some of these ladies who are here who don't have cars. Because you want the shortest possible route to driving. And not just driving, driving a nice big car. It's time to dig. I said, this year it's time to dig. This year it's time to dig deeper. Do something with our, with our hands. To do something with it. Look, even in ministry, I've never seen a lazy pastor with a mega church. I've never seen a lazy pastor with a mega church. A pastor who doesn't pray. A pastor who doesn't fast. A pastor who doesn't study. A pastor who doesn't have a discipleship program in his church to train the people. I have never seen such a pastor with a mega church. If you find one, show me. Maybe he's using other powers. Even ministry is not for lazy people. Some of you think, oh, ministry, ministry is the easier way. You, you, you come and try. Come and try. And I will just tell you, gather 100 people on a Sunday, then tell me to come and see. It's hard work. Bringing men here the whole day. Men. And they stay here the whole day to listen to the word. You try and see. It's not an easy thing. It is a grace. It is diligence. It's building for years. Something. Digging. So every form of laziness this year, we are disconnecting ourselves from it. I'm telling you, we have to work hard. Tell your neighbor, I'm working hard this year. Because that idea must translate from paper to the ground. You have to dig. You have to work. You have to do something with your hands. Even the Bible says that the Lord blesses the work of our hands. It doesn't bless laziness. We have to work with our hands in Jesus' name. It is very wrong for a lady to wake up and leave the house and she leaves a man behind. I need to say that again. It is very wrong. It is uncouth. It is baloney. It's a word. For a woman to wake up and leave the house and the man stays behind with a remote in his hands, flipping through channels. It is wrong. Even if you don't know where to go, you just leave. Today you are not supporting me, but I preach anyway. Wake up. Get out of the house. How can your wife leave you behind with the house manager? And now you are very close to the house manager. Because you are spending the whole day with her. You are even telling her, come, let's watch. 
What is your favorite movie? Mina pendangaza Nigeria. Before you know it, something is happening between the two of you. Oh, yes. Now you are, and you know it happens naturally. You find yourself defending her. When your wife comes out, why is the house dirty? Why? Mama, Mama Nani, please, lower your voice. You know, she's a human being. If, if you just speak to her slowly and softly, she will understand. Stop shouting. You are hurting our ears. You are now defending the house manager. So your wife is making hey, the kitchen is dirty. Then she goes upstairs. Then you go back and talk to her. Relax. She's tired. Let me apologize on her behalf. Tell a man next to you, if you are the one, you're already gone. Why are you not talking to a man next to you? Tell a man, if you are the one, you're already gone. You imenda. Number six, the last one. He was helped by God. When you look at verse 12, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. When he obeyed, when he stayed, when he worked the idea, when he stabilized his marriage, when he sowed, the Bible says the Lord helped him. What did the Lord do? The Lord blessed him. Hmm, I love this. Listen to this, a very powerful statement. When you obey the idea God has given you, he will help you fulfill it. Let me say that again. When you obey the idea God has given you, he will help you fulfill it. God works with the obedient and shuns the disobedient. Look at verse 26 to 29. Later on, to just prove to you that God helped this man it was so evident that even the king saw it. Genesis 26, verse 26. I want us to read together. It's my last point. Then Abimelech came to him from Jeruel with Ahuzath, one of his friends. And Phi called the commander of his army. And Isaac said to him, why have you come to me? Since you hate me. He could see hatred. You hate me. And have sent me away from you. Verse 28. But they said, we have certainly seen. We have certainly seen. The king is now saying, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with. Why are you letting me read alone? You are mad with my message today. <laughs> eh? Okay, can we read together? But they say, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we say, let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. 
We have seen that God is on your side. We have seen that God is helping you. We have tried to frustrate you. We have tried to move you from one place to another, but you are still prospering. We can see that God has helped you. And God is helping you. God has blessed you. This year, may God help us. This year, may God help someone. This year, may God help your family. This year, may God help you fulfill that idea in the name of Jesus. Can I hear thunderous amen in this house? And he's pleading with Isaac. He says in verse 29 that you will do us no harm. We are pleading with you. Isaac, we can see that God is helping you. There is a mysterious hand that is working for you. Please do not harm us since we have not touched you. Is he saying the truth? He touched him. And he almost touched his wife. Well, you don't remember the story? When he was peeping through the window. He wanted to, actually he was caressing the wife in his mind. Because these things begin in the mind. Somebody can undress you. In their mind. Maybe you have already been even. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he touched, he touched, he touched Isaac. The servants frustrated Isaac. After he digs and the water comes out. After he digs the well and the water comes out. They say the water is ours. They touched him. Severally. And he's here lying. Since we have not touched you. And since we have none. We have done. Look. Since we have done. You've left me to read that again. You're not very happy with my message today. Hmm? Ask your neighbor. Why are you mad and pastor is telling us the truth? Can we read? Since we have done nothing to you. Are you sure? You have moved me from one place to another and then you are telling me that you have not done anything to me. Frustrated me. If it was not for persis persistence, I could have given up. It's only because I was persistent. But we have done nothing to you but good. Tell your neighbor what to see your jinga. You know, sometimes people think you are stupid. And they will deal with you as if you are a very foolish person. You know, one time a member disappeared from this church. I didn't even know. She didn't even say I'm going. And then she called me. She said, can I come and see you? Am I foolish? I want to come and have time with you. Am, am I, I mumu? Look, the other people are mumu, but your pastor is not mumu. I am not mumu. Another pastor disappeared and he sent me a message. He said, oh, pastor, after, I think, four years, sent me a message. Say, pastor, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my children. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on me. I, need, I plead mercy. Please forgive me. Life has not been easy. I, I did not even respond. That is not how you come back to somebody you have left. Is that how you come back? By sending a text. Tell your neighbor what to see what Jingabam. So this king thinks Isaac is stupid. We have not touched, we have not, we have done no harm to you. We have not touched you. 
And since we have done nothing to you but good. Good. Which good? You possessed all my wares. Which good? You almost took my wife. If God never appeared to you. <laughs> which good? And I knew if I said that this is my wife, you could have killed This is my wife, you could have killed me. I had to lie to you and tell you that this is my sister. Which good? So people will always treat you as if you are very stupid, you don't understand many things. But tell your neighbor, I'm very sharp, I'm very wise, I'm very intelligent. Since we have done to you, but good, and have sent you away in peace. Did they send him in peace? Tell me, talk to me somebody. Did they send him in peace? Yeah, the way somebody leaves you and say, Siku kuwacha kwa ubaya. Kama siyo kwa ubaya, then why did you leave? There is a reason why you leave. Ah, kuna reason. Unajua tuvile life ina. Please. Tell your neighbor, I'm not mumu. I am not mumu. There is a reason why you left me. Then they come back with a smile. <laughs> they even quote a scripture. You know, the prodigal son came back home. You know, and when he came back home, the father was waiting. Where is the heart of a father in you? You, you did not behave like a prodigal son. Look at the disposition of the prodigal son. Look at how broken he is. Look at even what he said. I am not coming back as a son. I want to come back as a servant. I don't see that attitude in you. I see entitlement in you. So, you come with heirs and you want me to receive you as a father. It can never work. It takes two to tango. If you want me to be a father, then be a son. Come as a broken son. And he says, you are now. You are now. Look at what he says. You are now. You are now blessed. Philip, wake up. Why are you sleeping? You are now I need to ask your wife what happened at night. <clears throat> you are digging the well at the wrong time. Abimelech. <laughs> Come back. Abimelech saw that God had helped Isaac. Hallelujah. And anybody who comes back to you is because they see that the hand of God is with you. May the people who despised you relegated you, dismissed you, thought you'll never amount to anything, may they turn around and come back to apologize because the hand of God is with you. Can I get a louder amen? amen. Give five people high five and tell them the Lord is helping me. 
the Lord is helping me. The Lord is helping me. This year, the Lord is helping me. This year, the Lord's hand is with me. I am not alone. I will not fight alone. I will not implement my idea alone. I will not try and implement my vision alone. God is with me. His spirit is with me. His anointing is with me. His favor is with me. His glory is with me. His power is with me. Can I have a witness in this house? May God help you. May God help you. May God help you. May God's hand be upon you. In your dream, in your vision. Shout yeah! I send God's help upon your life today. Even if your friends have forsaken you, even if your trusted friends have stabbed you in the back and they have prophesied your doom and your failure, I cancel their prophecies in the name of Jesus. I introduce the hand of God in your life. May God help you. May God strengthen you. May God fight for you. May God flatten mountains for you. May God bring the right people your way. May God cause everything to work in your favor. May God bring resources. May God bring monies. May God bring manpower your way. And I prophesy you shall fulfill your idea. You shall fulfill your vision. You shall implement your idea. You shall implement your vision. Your vision will come to pass. Our vision as a church will come to pass. Because God is with us. His hand is with us. His power is with us. His spirit is with us. His anointing is with us. His grace is with us. We shall do it. We shall build. We shall raise pastors. We shall build cathedrals. Can I get a louder yes in this house? Abimelech will come because they will see the hand of God upon your life. Lift up your hands and just make a prayer and say, God, help me this year. Be with me this year. I have a dream. I have a vision. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. May I fulfill my idea. May I fulfill my vision. Help me, Jesus. 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 Help me, Lord. I have a vision. I have a plan. I have an idea. I have faced opposition. I have gone through a hard, a hard time. I have faced a rough patch in my life. But today I pray. I make one prayer. Help me. 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 In my endeavors. In my endeavors. In my endeavors. In my endeavors. In my challenges. In my difficulties. Help me, Lord. 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 Oh, yes. After making that prayer, just worship him for a minute. Tell him thanks. Thank him for his power. Thank him for his hand. Thank him for his glory and his anointing. Thank him for his spirit who is going to help you and strengthen you and comfort you. You will never walk alone. You will not serve alone. You will not fight alone. You will not struggle alone. 
He will be with you. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. You will not be alone. 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 Has come to worship. Has come to worship you. The one you help. Come on, can I get a witness in this house? Everybody, raise your hands, raise your voice. Sing, Savior. Savior. He's helping you this year. Savior. My God, Savior, Savior, the one you have has come to worship you. The one you have. One more time, with all your breath, with all your strength, Savior, Savior. Come to worship you. Hey, one you have. I feel like we need to sing one more time. Let's call his name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everybody in this room, come on, at the top of your lungs. Jesus, Jesus. minute open your mouth and worship your helper worship your helper bless your helper lift up the one who has helped you who has helped you who's gonna help you who's gonna help you he's gonna strengthen you to implement your idea your savior your helper the lifter of your head
Yes, Lord. One more time, sing. come to worship you the one you have has come to worship you oh yes oh yes give him praise like you're receiving help this morning give him glory like you're receiving help this morning I wish I had two or three or four or five people who can praise him. You are receiving help this morning. My God, you are receiving help. Ah! Help is coming. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. You are our helper. A present help. In time of need, we shall not walk alone. We shall not fight alone. You will be with us every step of the way to help us fulfill our idea. In Jesus' name we pray. One more time, give him praise because you have received help. You have received help. Come on, you have received help. Come on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.